This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. And I am Gunner Chad Lale. <laughs> and uh, we thank you for joining us today. Today, we've got a special guest, and uh, I'm really excited to hear his testimony. And we're just gonna we're just gonna let the Holy Spirit lead this thing, man. We are so yeah. Today we get the 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 honor and privilege of interviewing a good buddy of mine. I've known for Lord, I guess two thousand four, maybe two thousand five. Jason Justice. So today, Jason, thank you for your time, bro, and welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, dude. Sir. We, you know, I know you. You, you know, long make a long story short. 2006, I was trying to get my foot in the door at NWA Anarchy. Lo and behold, my brother, you decided to invite me down to uh, Helen, Georgia for a huge NWA Anarchy show that they had going on there in Helen and said, hey, bring a VHS tape. And that dates how old we are, everybody. <laughs> and bring your resume and we'll give it to Bill Barons. And, you know, other than the man who trained me, Abel Adams, I, I definitely always put your name out there when it comes to somebody who helped me get my foot in the door, kind of get my career started, bro. So, first of all, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome, man. I appreciate it, dude. I mean, I knew when I seen you and Truett, I knew right off that, I mean, you guys had what it takes. I mean, and I, you know, I'm a pretty good judge of talent. I mean, you had a little bit of success from what I've heard. <laughs> so, just, I mean, just a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to take no no props, but I mean, you owe me my money. I, I need my percent. <laughs> I need well, my we'll contract, dog. You mean you mean you didn't make him? You didn't make him sign like a a, a manager's or agent's fee where you got like fifteen percent of his contracts for the rest of his life? Well, I was going to, but it was this was kind of pre-saved. Oh, so he, he wasn't yeah. so generous. With, with, he wasn't so generous. <laughs> I tell you what, buddy. I tell you what. I'll send you a hot dog and a five dollar bill. How about that? Oh, oh. Hey, that, that's more than I make on most shows. <laughs> Getting that big oh, payoff, man. Big payoff, man. Well, listen. Uh, our our main thing here on Wrestling for the Page, we obviously talk wrestling. I'm kind of kick it off to you, man. Let you kind of just start, really, um, kind of where you grew up, how you got into wrestling. And, and just, we want to really dive into my biggest thing is your testimony, bro. Like, you, you know, you. Did, did you grow up in church? You know, you're kind of walk with the Lord, share what you feel led to share, but I know your story personally. And the reason I asked um, Casey to have you on with us is because dude, I, I truly believe that God has used you and will use your story to touch so many people. Cause I just see the change in your life over the past few years, man. So just tell Amen. us a little bit about yourself. Well, for starters, I'm going to take two seconds. Let my son say, Hey. Hey. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. <laughs> that, that, that's one of the three kids I have. That's my son, Mason. Big fan. So, uh, we love it. Yeah, the, uh, the whole time I was telling him, I was, he said, Dad, can I at least say hey? <laughs> that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, was born in, I was born in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, uh, lost my mom at an early age. I lost my mom at nine years old. And what I didn't know then was that was the beginning of my hell. Mm. You know, that, that, that was where a lot of, my hurt, my pain, my abandonment issues, my trust issues, a lot of that stemmed from that. I learned it in the past few years, so that's how long it took me. But um uh, played football through school, uh, athletic, played sports. Uh, around my senior year, I was about 245 pounds, bench pressing almost 500, and uh, decided, hey, I'd rather do cocaine than go to college. Mm. Right. And uh, – right. So got the sampling with alcohol and drugs and, and a few things there and uh, pretty much threw my college education away and all that. But uh, for the most part, man, you know, I, I got into pro wrestling, as you know, and I started pro wrestling in 1997 and up to about 2001, I think uh, maybe 2001, 2002, I was pretty highly scouted for, for a long period of time. I mean, I, of course, I, you know, I've done indies all over North Carolina, Georgia, and yep. stuff like that. But when I was down at Wildside, that's when uh, Bill Barron's was doing the developmental for WCW. And when WCW come in there, well, they, would, they, they would do a talent exchange, you know. And pretty much, you know, the, the new guys they're going to groom, they bring in the Wildside, and the guys Wildside's trying to groom would go do spots. 
And uh, so I kind of got a lot of opportunities to do that. And uh, fast forward, man, I've been wrestling with God for most of my life, dude. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I look back on my life. And it, look, you guys reel me in if I'm rambling because I got nope, so much in my, in my head that, you know, it's just there's so much to tell. And I'm just trying to get find me a good holding point. No, listen, real quick before you jump into that is is so just – back you know go back a little bit is church something you did as a as a child or is it something that you knew about god you didn't really go to church what's your story on that one okay so my mom my mom took me to church when i was a kid and my mom was i mean you know that song talking to jesus oh yeah oh yeah the day i heard that song i busted into tears because (laughs) it it reminded me so much of my mama Hmm. i mean she made me go every wednesday nights and I and I, I used to legitimately have fights with her because stuff she made me wear at church. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was always she always made sure. And I didn't appreciate that until recently because she planted those seeds in my life. Amen. And uh, and I and, and it's made me a firm believer in seed planting for sure. Come on. But uh, so I was in out of church, whatever. Long story short, when my mother passed away, I got kicked around a lot. I. Uh, Bounced from house to house to house, uh, people to people. Found out that my uncle was my was really my daddy. He wasn't really my uncle. I was told he was my uncle. Oh. Uh, so I was told he was my uncle because my mother was allowing him to come to be a part of my life. Got it. And she didn't want to confuse me as a young child. But later on in life, I found out the reality is he was never my uncle. He was my father. And after going through a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of uh, physical abuse, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent. It's okay to be transparent. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. I, I was, I don't remember the exact age, but between the ages 11 and 13, I, I got raped by, mm-hmm. by a man. Mm-hmm. And um, so for a long time, I, I, I struggled, man. Like, I thought automatically that made me homosexual. Right. right. You know, just because it happened, I thought, okay, man. I, I never had any tendencies of my own. I never, you know, I was never attracted to men or nothing like that. It was never that. It was just, I just thought that was like an unwritten rule because it happened. Now you're gay. Exactly. Right. And so, but with that, that stemmed to a lot of my drug use. As I started getting kicked around, pushed around, this, that, and the third, I, I was still trying to make good decisions about my life, man. I wanted to be a football player and I played football through school, but even playing ball in school, I got with the wrong crowds because I mean, I had the wrong attitude, man. I had the, I was trying to numb myself from everything, dude. And, uh, so I started out slow. It was, I started out, you know, drinking a beer here and there, you know, and it, it would lead to a little bit of liquor. And then I start smoking marijuana. And, uh, I did that as a young teenager. And uh, I was doing all that to, to disguise all this hurt and pain I've been through. Yeah. And especially the physical abuse, because I couldn't even look myself in the mirror for a long time. Wow. And so I, I wanted to die. I mean, you know, I'm just, I mean, being honest, I, I, I thought I was broken and, and, and damaged and could never be repaired. Right. And uh, I took all of that amongst the drug use and I took it all the way through high school ended up costing me, you know, college opportunities to play ball and, and, and this, and I got married right out of high school. It, the drugs kept, they continued that. I, it might, they might, it was like a revolving door. It, it might've been weed one week, cocaine the next week, alcohol the next week, just whatever I could hide from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up costing me my first marriage between that and, you know, pro wrestling between wrestling all the time and being gone and just, I was not, I deserved my first divorce. I'll just say that. Right. Right. Yeah. My, my first divorce, I, I was not a faithful husband. I was, uh, on drugs. I, you know, I got a little bit of popularity through the indie scene and, you know, thought that I was King Jesus on the independent, independence, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I remember a time, one time that I had this girl come up to me and I had a wedding band on and, she basically made it her way that she wanted to hook up with me. And I even told her, I said, I'm married. She says, I didn't ask you to marry me. 
Mm-hmm. So it made it that easy and that, that accessible, you know? Right, right, right. And so that kind of become part of another form of medicating myself. Yes. You know, just want to feel good, want, you know, want somebody to accept me, want somebody to love me. And uh, well, it ended up pushing my first wife out the door. Mm-hmm. So then between from that, then I, I had two daughters with the first wife. And when we, when we separated, it wasn't eight or nine months later, I met my son's mama. And I was with her for almost nine years. And huge age difference between me and her, which I think played a huge part in it, not to mention. Man, I didn't have God at center of none of this, dude. Right. Right. Was he ever knocking on your heart during this? Like, you know, you, we, we talk a lot about condemnation, <clears throat> conviction. Were you ever convicted? Like, cause you had that seed planted from your mom. Were you ever convicted? Like Lord's telling you, cause for me, my story dude, years ago of all the drugs and stuff like that, I'd wake up from these highs and these stupid nights. And it was like, the Lord was telling me, dude, I've got so much more for you. What are you doing? So for you, was it the same? For me, blocking it out. I, I was definitely blocking it out because I, 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 I thought that I could manipulate God. Yes. I, I thought that, that, you know, it was like, like with my first marriage, we went through a rough patch and the answer was to start going to church. So I'd st- we started going to church and uh, now I'm just I'm, I'm seeking God to save my marriage, to do the right thing. I'm seeking God with conditions. Yeah. Yes. It, it wasn't because I wanted to serve God. I was still serving Jason. And <laughs> I just wanted to use God to get my way. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that uh, there'll be no idols before him. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm living proof that two times. And because I, I, both my marriages, I had my wife in his place. And that's unacceptable. He'll give you opportunities to fix it and try to rearrange it. But when you don't, I mean, something has to break. And then, right. you know, let we me, all know that. Let me, let me say something on that because I, I know what you're talking about. I, there was a period in my life when I was away from God, that I had family members and people tell me, Casey, you need to get in church. You need to get in church. You need to get in church. And you know, church is good. We need to go to church. And and when you're truly saved, you'll want to fellowship with other believers. But yes. uh, the thing is, if you just go to church, like in your case and in, in my case at times, uh, when you just go to church, just to try to, uh, ease God's hand of judgment against you or, or just to manipulate him into getting what you want. Uh, it's not about, that's what people need to understand. It's not about getting into church. It's getting into Christ. And once, once you get into Christ, you will want to get into church, but getting into church as good as it is. And as much as you can be fed the word there, there's plenty of people who sit there every time the doors are open, whose hearts are never changed. So we need to focus on getting people in Christ instead of our main focus being getting them into church. Hey man, just to piggyback a little bit off what you said. um, One of the main things that I say today is you know, everybody's like, well, you know, God will give you the desires of your heart. And, and, and that's a true statement. However, you got to understand this too, is for like, I used to, when I used to think that, man, I, I remember praying for a, a Mustang GT, dude. <laughs> I mean, really, I was like, hey, that's the desire of my heart. Lord, give me that Mustang, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now that I've grown in my faith, man, it's, it's true that he's going to give you the desires of your heart. But here's what happens is when there's a legitimate heart change. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's a legitimate desire change. Come and on. So it, it all trickles down. So when your heart changes, your desires changes because your desires change to be like him. Your desire yeah. changes to serve him, to be Christ-like, to win kings, souls for the kingdom. Yes. And that's where your desires shift. I right. mean, your whole, it's a mindset, man. Just like when they, you know, when they call, when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, when he came mm-hmm. out of the grave and he stood up, I mean, man, when he stood up, heaven's job was done. You know yes. what I mean? He, he was, he was wrapped in from head to toe and shackled from, you know, hand to feet. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got all these cities around him. Had he, had Jesus not say loosen him, he right. would have walked in bondage all through these cities and who would have wanted Jesus then? Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, the, yeah. this is the same Jesus that, that said he gave you life, but why are you so bound up? Yeah. Because there was, you know, so had, had Jesus not <laughs> loosened those, those things, man, there would have never been a heart change. Exactly. Yes. 
You're and preaching think, a sermon, baby. I come love on. <laughs> You're preaching a sermon. That's what we love here, dude, is just let the spirit flow, man. And I can feel it. Like, and what, so you, you talk about this, this walking in bondage. So for these years, and you and I have talked, we rode up and down the road together. You know, we went to a, a man's camp and Nikita's man's camp one time. I had a chance to actually sit and talk for the first time in many years. And you told me a lot of your story and you're talking about the drug issues. When, um, in your life, you told me some of these things where you were just, dude, you didn't want to live. You were deep, deep into this. What, what happened there? What changed? What's changed you? The hardcore truth, man. When, when I, I went through my second divorce, yeah, it, it, it destroyed me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gave her what, and now I see that that was the problem. I gave her my whole heart. Mm-hmm. Heart, mm-hmm. My heart didn't belong to her to exactly. give. Yeah. I gave her something that didn't belong to her. Mm-hmm. And it scarred me. And for the first, for the first half of the separation, I was doing every, I, you know, I got three kids and mm-hmm. even though they're from separate marriages, I was, I've already been through the custody battle with the first one. So I had, I've, had, I've got custody of all three of my children okay. and I'd already had, I had my girls who were, I want to say 14 and 16 at the time. And my son was younger or was 10 years younger than them. So I was playing, I was literally, people would call me super dad. Yeah. And it was like, Jason, I don't know how you do it. I mean, man, I mean, you're always doing, you're always, I don't know. How, it, after a while, man, super dad is a heavy weight to carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never had an opportunity for myself to heal from my divorce because between playing super dad and still running back and forth, trying my ex-wife, you know, had got involved with uh, a heavy drug dealer and ended up, and ended up getting, you know, strung out on drugs and things like that. And between me trying to save her life and save my son from that, from that life, man, I got to a place where I was, I was like, you know what? I don't know what it is about that drug is so impressive. I, I got to know it was yeah. met. Uh, now I had struggled with pain pain pill addiction. I had a back surgery and man, I was taking up almost 26 hydrocodone a day. Wow. And with the pill addiction, I got to where I was exhausted, man. Just like not physically, just mentally. I was just like, man, I can't function without popping four or five of these pills in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I tried to quit. I don't know if anybody, if y'all ever experienced trying to quit off of uh, opioids. Sure. It, there's a withdrawal, man that gives you my legs shake. I sweat. I mean, it, it was like, it's not the closest thing to heroin. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> so me being a, an idiot, I, I had a cousin who, who dabbled in meth. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about wanting to stop pe- taking pills. And he, well, he, he tells me, man, well, there's no side effects to taking meth. Smoke this. You get through the, through the, uh, the side effects and then just quit this. Man, at that point, I, I was so desperate to try anything. I, I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> well, he was right. There wasn't no side effects. Here's the problem. When I started smoking meth, I started staying up nine, nine ten days at a time. Man. But then when I would sleep, I would crash. And so when I finally woke up, I was so drained and had everything, all the life out of me, I'd have to have something pick me back up. Right. So it was right back on the circle, right back on the, on the, on the hamster wheel again. And so. And that led, and going through, I went through that. And so then I got really bad hooked on it. And I started running with the Mexican cartel wow. and to, to a place where, man, and I, and I, again, these, these stories I say, man, it's not to glorify them by no means. I'm hoping at some point, if there's anybody out here in that life, that there's hope for them people, man. Amen. Because Amen. when I tell you that, I mean, man, I was kicking doors in, I, I was beating people up for money. I mean, robbing people at gunpoint and shootouts. I mean, it was just stuff that I, when I say it out loud now, I'm in, I'm still embarrassed to even say it out loud, even though it's part of my story, you know, but I just can't believe I allowed myself to be that person. Yeah. And so then I, I continue with the drugs and things. And I got to a place where smoking meth wasn't, wasn't getting me high no more. So then I started shooting it up with needles. Mm. And <clears throat> something I said I would never do. Right. Well, let me tell you something. It took one stick, one stick, and that's when my life wow. humbled. 
it, man, I, I remember in in January, I forget the year, but in January, I had over $200,000 in my bank account. By October, I was broke. By December, I was evicted. First of January, I was living in my car. Oh, man. Within a 10 to 11 month span, I lost over 200 grand and everything else in my life. Man. <clears throat> so then finally, everybody took their hands off of me and they found this rehab down in Spartanburg. And it's an eight month in house rehab. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. I just didn't have no more mm -hmm. options. Right. So, because I, nobody, I had nowhere to live. I was freezing to death in my car. No, nobody was letting me stay. I go to this rehab and I make a commitment for eight months. I ended up staying three months and I thought I had it all under control. Now I, I left like a coward. I mean, my kids came to, to visit me one weekend and I snuck out with them in their car and told them to drive. Mm. I left. I, I didn't even have the guts to stand face to face with the men, the men that were trying to help me. Right. And these are God fearing men. I mean, it's a faith based rehab. Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to quit. I was there for everybody else again. Sure. And uh, so I come back from this rehab and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got this under control. Cause I, I've been sober for three, uh, for three months at this point. I don't know I, if I knew now what I think back then three months is just, a, is just a putting your toe in the water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it takes over, it takes 28 days to break a habit. And it takes mm -hmm. another 30 to build a new one. Mm. So there's two, there's two of that month. Right. So really I was only a month clean in my book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get out, I replace the drugs with alcohol. I start drinking beer and I'm thinking I start drinking and people started noticing me drinking a lot. And they're, they're like, dude, you're, you're drinking a lot, a lot of alcohol. I'm like, man, y'all just not used to me drinking. I can drink three and it's too much. Yeah. And when I would go in the room by myself, it hit me. I was like, man, they're right. I mean, so then I shifted from that to smoking weed. Yeah. Long story short, before I, I was in full blown relapse, and on my birthday, I had went to a party. One of my closest friends was a drug dealer. Good, good friends, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I've chosen better. Right. Amen. But, uh, one of my best friends was, was a drug dealer, and it was the weekend of my birthday, and we had, we had rented a motel room, and we was having pretty much a, a block party. And I, when I when I tell you block party, man, you walk in, in in this in this room, there was mounds of meth on top of the counters. I mean, it was just like a community bowl, and just it was nobody was spending no money. It was just mm. ridiculous. After two days of being there, I got to work again where I was not, I couldn't get high anymore. And mm. now let me pause there for a put a pin there. When I come out of rehab. I had cut everybody off that was in my drug life except that one friend. Ah, uh, that's an important that, thing. Yes. yes. And that one and that one friend involved me with two other friends. So now I now I'm back to three people in, in this world. Yeah. Yes. And so, okay, so I'm at a point where I'm not getting high again, but I don't want to shoot needles no more. But they oh, lo and behold, they've got heroin. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to want to feel something. So for two days straight, I was snorting heroin. A whole nother beast. A whole nother beast. I remember waking up while I'd been passed out. And you know how motel rooms got the double beds, right? Mm -hmm. I was on the closest one to the door. And I, and I remember waking up, sitting beside the nightstand. And I could see myself in the mirror. And I just started, you know, I, that's when God started with me. Mm. He, was, he was trying to break me down right there. And I remember looking at myself and I, I even spoke it out loud. I said, so this is what you're doing. So this is where we're at. And I'm looking around the room and, I, and these other three guys is here. They're all got drool coming out of their mouth. They're all, they're so doped out of their mind. It's just, and, and I'm just, I just look at myself. I said, I can't, this is it. Well, lo and behold, there was a falling out between two of the guys I was with. So my, my best friend asked me to get my other, the other guy out of there. Yeah. I leave. Well, uh, before I, the guy had a pistol in between the bed before I left. Cause I've never been a thief, a real, you know, a, a big thief guy. And I wanted to make sure somebody seen me put that gun under the mattress. Couldn't get anybody awake. 
long story short, I get, I get down the road. These guys are texting me and threatening me. Well, the old Jason don't do well with threats. Right. And so I went back and when I knocked on the door, kicked the door in, I physically assaulted everybody in sight. And yeah. it, it was just really bad. And when I left, I left straight from there and I drove straight home. And as I'm laying in bed, I realized I just lost every friend that I had that, that, that day that, you know, that was left in that world. God took them th- that day. Yes. Mm. And I remember laying in my bed and I was bawling and crying. I was swallowing. And, you know, and, and I remember I screamed to God. I was like, you know what? If you want me to stop being a drug addict, you've got to do something. I can't do it. Every time I do it, I always fall backwards. Every time I try it, I relapse. I said, without you in my life, I am just a junkie. And I said, so if you want me to stop, you got to fix me. Mm. And I, I laid there and I, and I laid there and I was angry. And I tossed and turned out because I hadn't been sleeping, right? So I've got a whole box of drugs on my dresser. And uh, I woke up. or I, 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 I dozed off for a few minutes. And I woke back up. I couldn't sleep. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get up and go get some some weed to try to make me go back to sleep. I sat up in the bed and it's in the middle middle of the night. I sat up in the bed and as physically as I can see you, I felt the hand of God on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they say you can't hear audible voices of God. Well, he spoke to my heart and it was pretty audible to me. Yeah. And when I felt, I literally physically felt a hand on my shoulder. He said, lay down. I'm not done. Mm. Come on. Whew. I get emotional thinking about it because yeah, that was like, <laughs> dude, you what you had, Jason. Like what I'm, I'm thinking is, as you know, just as well as me, and we talk about this all the time. The story of Saul, and, you, and people say you can't hear the audible voice of God, but Saul was blinded on that road to Damascus, and Jesus said, "Why are you persecuting me?" Yeah, and what you what you had there to me, like. Like as a Saul, you know, man, it's getting me emotional, bro. Like a Saul story where, you know, God said, I'm saving you. You cried out to the Lord. And because of that, he said, I'm saving you. And I've been down that road before, dude, where I didn't want to live. I wanted to die. And I cried out to God. And and man, I look at my life now and he saved me. So as you talk about that, uh, I'll let you kind of finish up the story there. Like, you know, (laughs) this hand of God touches you and said, I'm not finished with you yet. Meaning he has a plan for you, brother. Amen. So let me hear. Yeah. He said, lay down. I'm not done. So I laid down. Yeah. I, cried myself, I cried myself to sleep. For starters, when I woke up the next day, that's probably the best sleep I'd ever had. And uh, <laughs> But I remember laying there, and even though I acknowledged the best sleep, I didn't feel like nothing was different. Mm-hmm. So now I'm ticked off at God. Right. I thought you was going to help me. You, you know, you said that it to ask and you'll give. And, you know, I mean, you know, I had a general census of what God would do if you said something. And at this point, I just didn't feel like he was doing it or he wasn't doing it on my time. So now I'll show you God, I'm going to get up and go smoke meth and just get back on the wagon. Mm. The last thing I remember was my feet touching the floor of my bedroom. When I came back to my census, I had a box that was had all my tools and drugs in it. When I came back to my senses, I was standing over the toilet that had already been flushed with everything out of that box, over 300 some plus dollars worth of drugs. Mm. I physically looked myself in the mirror and I said, what did you just do? <laughs> and I felt the spirit of the Lord come over me right there. And he said, you've been five days clean right now. If you go back now, you've got to start all over. Wow. Do you hear what I said to you? I told you I laid down and went to sleep. I'd been there five days. I had no idea. I had no idea. They wasn't a missed call. They wasn't a missed text. They was not. It was like I did not exist for five days. Man, dude. And when he said that, it, it hit me. And I was like, five days. He said, and, and, and he, he kept on. He, God said, if you go back now, you'll have to start completely over. Just be patient one day at a time. And that was August 6, 2020. Mm-hmm. And every day, every day since that day, it's been one day at a time. And I've not had one desire for first drug. I was, I, I was delivered from drugs on that night. Delivered. Yeah, praise God. I, yes. I didn't get clean. I was delivered 
you know, I was delivered, man. There's a difference between clean and cleansed. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. I was clean. Yes. And, and, and the devil knows now that he can't tempt me with drugs. Amen. Oh, come on. And, and I've, I've been around people and I've been, you know, I've been at houses where people are drinking off of me, alcohol and stuff. And I just look at them like, Nope, I have no taste, none. Yeah. God yeah, removed yeah, yeah. the taste out of my mouth, man. And, and from that day, man, I, I started just seeking God, man. I started just kind of tapping into it. And, and Chad, that was, that wasn't real long before you and I went to camp. To the thing. No, it was, it was not. And, uh, the, the thing that, 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 that really changed me after that moment. I had my son and I had, uh, I stopped at the gas station and he stayed in the truck. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't like leave him across the parking lot. It was like right there at the door. And as I'm walking out of the store, I, I felt like somebody was staring at me and I look up and it was my son. And I said, and I, I played it off. I said, what you looking at boy? He said, daddy, I sure am glad you like Jesus now. Ooh, come on. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I, he said, I said, why? He said, well, he said, cause you smile a whole lot more and you don't, and you don't seem so bright. Come on. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know, I, I played it off right there to his face, you know, but man, when I got by myself, I, I, I just broke. <laughs> I mean, cause I started, you know, God started showing me, he's like, Jason, if, if he sees this change in you now, what did he see when you was back in the world? Yeah. What did he see when you was back in the thing? It was the next the next weekend. He, my son went to church with his mama and, and her husband. The next weekend, his mama called me and uh, she said, I got to ask you something and you probably ain't going to want to do it. I said, what's that? She said, Mason wants you to come to church with us. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> come on. So, uh, so God yep. used my son to save my life. Ooh, hallelujah. And, and I, after I started going to church with him, man, we, I started, you know, I got rid of all the trash music I was listening to and all, all this was Christian music. I started yep. growing at the church that they were at. And uh, I was never a Bible scholar. Still, still not. That's but, okay. <laughs> Me neither. You know, no. But I, I found my worship with, with music. And, and I believe that's what God used to build my foundation was because I could, I could get into God as long as I could feel it. Yes, mm -hmm. sir. Man. Now, since my growth, there's been days that I have to, <laughs> I don't even feel God. And I'm like, I know you're there. <laughs> Still <laughs> there, man. Through. Dude, I but, think about second Corinthians five seventeen. It's right here in front of me. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's of creation. The old has passed away. Behold, a new has come. <laughs> and, uh, man, golly, you got me breaking down, brother. Um, oh, but, thanks. you know, it just, I think about that, dude, how the Lord used your son to, to, to basically save you. You know what I mean? He brought you from this pit of hell. He had his hand on you and said, lay back down. I'm not finished with you. And, dude, like, golly, man. <laughs> um, but, brother, like, just to know, like, you personally, like I've known you for whew, Lord, almost, I guess, 20 years, dude. And just yeah. to know the path, the path you've taken and you, you've broken a generational curse. If you think about it on your boy, because he sees the change that daddy's made. He sees his dad praising Jesus. And just, you know, what is it? I guess six months ago, you posted a video or so where you were sharing your testimony at church. And you told me, you said, dude, I never thought that happened. I never thought I'd get up and be preaching about Jesus. You know, I'm over here, you know, a former drug addict and all this stuff, dude. And it's just amazing. Because stories like yours that we can go and share with somebody else who is thinking there's no way God can use me. There's no way he's going to use me. He hates me and all that crap. Dude, stories like yours and testimonies like yours yeah. is what the Bible talks about, how we can like share Christ because of how he's changed our life, bro. And just your transparency, man. I, I, I love you, brother. And I'm, I'm thankful I know you. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. The exciting part is, once the submission's there, man, and, and you start seeing these changes, that's just the beginning. Yeah, it is. The best is yet to come, man. I mean, you know. Amen. We, I mean, I, I even uh, – do I still got a minute? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a few minutes left. <laughs> okay, just, yeah. just give me my Iggy when it's time, okay? We will, brother. <laughs> so uh, then I want to fast forward to when, when you – I talked to you. I don't even remember how we got back in touch, but you had right. – uh, maybe you reached out to me. 
and said something because I know I always text you about your your wrestling career and stuff. Always, but I think you had mentioned something about Nikita's man conference. Yes, and and you was like, well, well, come on, man, you know, you can go with me. So yeah. I was like, all right. So you go to your house, we, we we go, and I remember walking in, man, and I was intimidated, man, and just I was still real, I guess, green in my faith and and just real new. Because I, I I was a drug addict a month before, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Yes. And uh, they start talking about that camp, and I was like, man, I got I, I, I got I got to do that. that. That's the momentum. Then then uh, you know I'm like, I don't, I'm not gonna be able to afford to do it. And and Nick's like, don't worry about the, you know this that and the third. We're well, on the ride home. I ain't gonna call no names. Somebody decided to pay my deposit <laughs> to make to make sure I went. But, I wanted you there, bro. And, 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 I, and I'm forever grateful for that, man, because yeah. that man camp is what transformed my life. Yes, praise God. That, man, that was my first real encounter with God, man. And I'm going to keep it short because I know you're on all time limit. But that place, I recommend for anybody to go to if they want to yes. a one on one encounter with the creator universe right in your face. Exactly. We had a fast day, man. On this fast day, First of all, I ain't never fasted more than 10 minutes. <laughs> At this point, man, I had fasted, I think it was up close to 32 hours, right? And I, we go out into the wilderness. It's literally like woods. And I remember Nikita would tell us, he would say, man, he said, when you go out there, just pray. Tell God to take you where he wants to take you. Yes. I'm walking through there, and you know the song uh, – Oh God, bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dry, dry, dry bones. bones. Yeah. I, I I love that song. I'm infatuated with the story of Elijah. Just I love it. So I'm walking through these woods, and I felt my spirit say, "Go to the bones." Right. I said, "Huh? <laughs> Go to the bones." I'm like, I'm tripping because I'm like I don't even know what you're talking about. So I fast forward and, I, and I'm I'm walking up this hill. I turn the corner, y'all, and they were skeletons. And rib cages everywhere. My first thought was, oh, my God, what did I sign up for? All right, so I go to the top of the hill, and I look around, man, and I see all these rib cages, skulls. My first thought, man, was, what have I got myself into? I thought I was in a scene of deliverance or something, right? Mm. And so I'm like, you know, it honestly spooked me for a second because at this moment I seen all these bones, it didn't. I didn't comprehend that it was animal skeletons. Yeah, yeah. It was just a type thing. So I look around, man, and I felt I felt my I felt God in my spirit, man. It was just like, I want you to sit in the middle of these bones. Mm-hmm. Me and Jesus had an argument that day. <laughs> I sit in the middle of the bones. Hey, but when God said he provides, let me tell you what he done. He is funny too. Yes. I took two more steps, and on the other side of that tree was a orange, bright orange five-gallon bucket. <laughs> Had me a chair waiting on me, bro. You go. Uh, come on. Praise God. <laughs> so I said, I said, all right. I, I said, I hear you. And I sat there in, in the middle of those bones, and I, and I started praying again. And I remember looking at those bones, man. I, I got lost in a trance in them. You know, I was just staring at them. And I felt God start telling me, he said, these, these, these dry bones right here represent your life. He said, we're going to let. The old you is going to lay down, and I'm going to resurrect you. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. on. <laughs> I'm going to resurrect you into something big, powerful, and strong. Oh. And, man, I just began to weep, man, and just hit my knees in the middle of these nasty, stinky, smelly bones <laughs> and just started praying to the Lord, man. And and, I, and I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, this is – I've heard other people's stories about encounters with Jesus. Man, yeah. but never had my own real encounters, you know. Golly, man. So, <clears throat> also, man, so fast forward to going to bed. I go to bed. I have sleep apnea, so I don't really, I don't dream a lot. Right. <clears throat> but this particular night, I had a, I had like a three second dream. I woke up at three thirty six a.m. from this dream, and all it said in old white letters in a black room, it said prison ministry. Ah. Uh. And I woke up and I and I literally I, I was like, there ain't no way. I've never been to jail. <laughs> and so 
So then I'm like, all right, God, you know I'm hard-headed, so I'm going to let you do something supernatural for some kind of confirmation here. Or was that my own brain thinking these things? Hmm. We go up to breakfast. For some reason, I, and there was like 14 of us at camp that night. I, for some reason, I said, you know what? I'm going to hold the door for everybody. And, and now I know why. I held this door, and it, the last guy that walked in, <clears throat> he and I hadn't really spoke much, no particular reason. Just didn't cross paths, you know. But he come up to me and he said, I just, he said, I just got it on my heart to tell you that you got a way with words and God's going to plan on using you for that one day. You're articulate with your words and you know how you know how to express and get points across and you're really good with it. Don't take that for granted because God's going to use it. <laughs> and when he, walked, when he walked through the door, I let the door shut. And I said, man, you got a sense of humor, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. And so th- that was my confirmation, man. And so since then, I've I've pressed into it, and you know, I've, I've started going back. I, I go to I'm going to ministry school through my church, and uh, I'm getting my leadership degree in ministry, and 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 they're in the process of. We're, it, I'm letting God lead the whole thing, man. By the way, the name yeah. of it's a uh, Kingdom Thirty Three Prison Minister. Praise God, man. Cheap plug. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it but it was it was birthed at the man camp, man, and, and you know I. I Nick Nikita's not paying me for none of this advertisement either, by the way. (laughs) It's just, that was the, you asked me what changed my life. That's where it changed. And and the fact that Nikita follows, man, Nikita's a mentor to me now. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, he's, I consider him one of my closest friends. He calls and checks on me, you know, just like you do, Chad. I mean, you know, holds me accountable and stuff. I mean, if he sees something I put out on, on social media and, and it don't look right, he'll, he'll shoot me a text. Hey bro, what about this? Yeah. And then, then I have to justify why I did it. And, and he's like, well, if you got to justify it, you might as well take it down. Take it down. <laughs> it's the truth. But that's, it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's iron sharpening iron, man. It's another brother calling out another brother. If something's not right, it's being, you know, it's him holding you accountable for, because he knows, the difference and the change you went through at this man camp, dude. And it's just, I think back to your mom where she planted this seed reminds me of my grandmother and my father that planted seeds in me and my mother as well. And just your journey, dude, your testimony, your story, how God is shaking you. And it, and you and I speak in this, you know, some days you're like, man, it's been a rough day. And, and it's every one of us are going to have a rough day. So right. I want to ask a question as we start to wrap it up really for you, brother. What, you know, we asked Nikita and, and Lodi when they were on, what's something you do every single day when your feet hit the floor to make sure you're walking and keeping that foundation on Christ? You know what I'm saying? It keeps you grounded. Obviously, every day is not going to be perfect, dude. We're going to go through trials and situations, but we all have something. Mine, for me, my feet hit the floor. I try to look to the sky and go, Jesus, you're my source. Lead me. You know what I'm saying? So what's yours? Brother? Well, mine used to be, first thing I grabbed was my phone to look at Facebook. Sure. <laughs> I had heard a sermon that, you know, that if that's what's happening, Facebook's your God. There you go. So what I, what I done was I, I conditioned myself to no matter what wakes me up, no matter what I say or what I do, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is thank you God for another day to yeah. give me another chance to try to get this thing right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say every morning is yeah. Thank you for another day. I appreciate the opportunity to try to get this thing right one more time. Amen. And I can tell you this, I'm glad he's not a God of second chances because I passed two a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, same. <laughs> but, I, but you know, man, and not, not to say anything out of the way here, man, but if I can encourage anybody that listens yeah. to this, man, is don't ever think that you're too jacked up for Jesus, man. That's it. There, there is... Cause I'm going to tell you, man. And I know a lot of people that give testimonies, they'll tell you the same thing because that's, that's what, that's what they see in their life is if he can do it for me, man, bro, yeah, you don't, come on. you're only as jacked up as I've told you. you. You only know I'm as jacked up as I've told you. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot about my jacked upness that nobody's ever heard. Yeah. Sure. And not, but, but God knows about it. And the day that before he formed this world, he knew that Jason Justice was going to be a jacked up individual, but he chose me anyway. Yeah. Amen, dude. Chose me Amen. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Was well, that Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29 11? 
Yeah. He chose me. Yeah, dude. He, he did. knows yeah, Psalm, he has for you. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 139, brother. He knit us together, you know, in our mother's womb. He knew us. He yeah. knew our names. He knew what we were going to go through. And and the thing is, is, is your story could it, you've got many out there is completely different because they haven't turned to the Lord because one of they're scared, they're condemned, they think they're not good enough. But I, I thank God quite often when you and I keep in touch that, man, I'm so glad, dude, because I've just seen the change in you. You know what I mean? I've seen the change that you put on Facebook when you're preaching or you're, you know, delivering your testimony. And now you got Kingdom 33, your prison ministry you're working on. Bro, it's just incredible. It's incredible how God takes these messy, messy men and women and use us to to literally further the kingdom, share the gospel, share the good news. And I love it, bro, man. So yeah. cool. think about well, think about the 12 disciples. Oh, yeah. They were all jacked up, bro. They were all <laughs> jacked, jacked up. up. Yes. Yes, sir. What that song say? He took he took 12, 12 people and changed the world. Yeah. Yep. Took 12 uh, people, changed the world. Yeah. Now, I mean, yes. Well, praise God, bro. Dude, thank you for being yeah. transparent today, man. And and like I said, I truly believe that this episode is gonna touch somebody out there who has been through or going through what you did or what you went through, bro. And just, uh, just amazing story, brother. I appreciate your, your heart. Well, man, uh, I appreciate you just, both, man. If there's ever anything that I can do anything whatsoever, I'm always available to Likewise, always. man. Yeah. We'll have you on again, maybe to talk wrestling career sometime. Like, hey, we, <laughs> we'll have to talk about you because mine's a lackluster, bro. <laughs> no, I disagree, bro. I disagree. You and JC Daz, baby. I've seen some tag matches from you boys. Y'all didn't play around. <laughs> so March 19th, you're going you're doing the other show, right? We March are 19th, yeah in Georgia. March 19th. Yeah. Yes. So we better be careful. I, I know a guy that's gonna be the commissioner that night. Oh <laughs> you must call it straight down the middle, baby. I don't want to mock yeah. all screw job on this end. Hey, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna get the, the money that you owe me, I'm gonna get it tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell my pay no, my payday's a hot dog and five bucks, dude. So I don't know if you're gonna Here you get go, money. bro. <laughs> uh brother, listen, Jason, we love you, man. Uh is there anything you want to plug as far as shows, as far as you speaking at a church or Obviously, Kingdom 33, how can people keep keep an eye on you, man, and what's going on? Well, I mean, naturally, my Facebook, and, and if you're going to ask me the plug of the Facebook, I have no idea, man. I <laughs> I just know I'm on Facebook okay. as Justin, and I'm, yes. I'm the guy my phone in my head feeling good Thanks. about myself. But yeah. if I'm, I'm going to plug anything, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to plug Nikita Kolov's uh, man camp. Yeah. He's gonna, we've got a man camp coming up at the end of April. It's April 24th to the 29th. Mm. There's still some slots open, man. If there's anybody that wants a, a change and an in, encounter with Jesus, man, I'm telling I encourage you, sign up, sign up. It will change your life. And all you got to do is, is call off for Christ Ministries. Help, you know, just look up Nikita. He'll, he'll guide you all the way through the steps. As far as my, right. my Kingdom 33 ministry, there's no really no way to keep up with it right now. I'm still, it's still a process. Just keep me in your prayers. Just keep, yep. and just you know, tell God to do what he wants to. It's his ministry anyway. Amen. Amen. Keep keep pressing in, dude. That's what we're doing, wrestling for the faith. Casey and I got a heart of, of wanting to push in more, but we want, like you said, you're gonna let God open those doors, man. We keep pressing right. in in prayer, and and you got it, bro. You, you'll you'll be getting prayers on our end for sure, man. Amen, guys. I appreciate y'all, man. Hey, thanks, yes, sir. So much, man. It, it's it's been an honor, and I I didn't want to let this thing go. I just felt the <laughs> spirit just moving through this whole thing, yes. and I'm like, I don't I don't want this thing to I don't want this thing to stop. So this one's a, a little longer than our normal episodes, but uh, like Chad said, this this is definitely going to touch somebody. God's going to use this episode to. Uh, I, yeah. I firmly believe He's going to use this episode to deliver drug addicts. And, uh, yes. and he's going to speak to people's hearts and tell them that they are worthy of his love Amen. and they Amen. are worthy of the transformation that he can bring to, 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 uh, yes. to their lives, man. I, I, it's, it's been an honor listening to, to this, uh, to your story, man. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys. Let me do it, man. It's anytime I get an opportunity to tell what God's done for me, man, I, I want to do it. Got to, brother. Amen. The world. That's it. <clears throat> Amen, bro. Well, dude, have appreciate a good guys, uh, rest man. of your night. We appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Love y'all, man. Love, Love you, brother. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Lord, that was yeah. <laughs> good stuff, dude. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, that's, that's the power. That's listen. That's when you when you read in the Bible of that authority that Jesus had and that 
just the authority that just even now using his name can cast out these demons and, and break these chains of bondage. That story right there from my brother, Jason is just how mighty, mighty and powerful, bro. Jesus' name is, and just how much God loves us. And he has so much more for, for you, uh, for me, for everybody listening, just in store, dude. What, what, a what an episode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, man, before we close out, uh, we've got hats and toboggans, uh, yes. messages on wrestling, on the wrestling for the faith Facebook page, uh, or get in touch with each uh, one of us individually. We can hook you up. Um, got all that info there. Uh, if people are blessed by the wrestling for the faith ministry and would like to donate, uh, you can do so on Venmo at wrestling for the faith and also on cash app. It's the dollar sign wrestling for the faith. Um, February 12th, all-star championship wrestling returns to McDonald, Tennessee, One thirty McDonald school road in McDonald, Tennessee. Uh, bail time is 7 PM. And um, our good friends, Death and Defiance. Yes. Everybody be sure to check them out. Uh, what You got their IG and everything? Yeah, it is Death X Defiance. I'll be sure we, we you know, tweet it out when the episode, uh, when we tweet the episode out and just check them out. Like I said, it's good, good guys, uh, good Christian brothers who put out good shirts that share the gospel and, um, you know, just get a chance to go check those guys out. Please do. Yeah. And next week, February 11th episode, (laughs) it's going to be the one that everybody has wanted to hear. We're going to take, we're going to take an episode to step back and talk about something big from year 2020. The tweet heard around the world. You're going to go in depth on all of the everything that happened in that in that whole situation. Um, oh yeah. If if anybody don't know what we're talking about, uh, go ahead and 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 Google Chad and and that. <laughs> <laughs> just don't just don't listen to to all the garbage out there. He's going to clear up everything and he's going to tell the truth. So uh, everybody, yes. make sure you're tuning in for that one. We're excited. We're excited. And I'll be sure soon. Also, real quick before we close out, I'll have some dates of uh, upcoming shows that I'll be on and, and ministry opportunities that I'll be on. So I'll, I'll start plugging that a little bit sooner. Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, if this was a blessing, please share it. Um, let everybody know about the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. Keep praying for us uh, that the Lord would open the doors that he wants us to walk through and uh, that he would – just uh, let us be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit to do uh, what he's called us to do. So, guys, we thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.